1: You've tuned in to Sci-Fi Fidelity, Episode 64, Clark Gregg Interview. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It's time for an interview edition of the podcast. And Dave, this was a pretty big get for us. We were very excited to get... Someone who is involved in all the MCU movies, and then his character was killed and then brought back to life for Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's, of course, Clark Gregg, who plays Philip J. Coulson. What a great opportunity this was.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and, and of course, we've been covering Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for Golden Spiral Media since season two. So obviously our listeners for that podcast are going to be pretty stoked, I would imagine.
1: That's right. So. Uh, yeah. If you want an episodic discussion the sandbox <laughs> So, but we really were excited to talk to Clark Gregg, of course, and it's especially relevant, even though it seems kind of late in the season to be doing an interview. Agents of shield is actually going to have a presence at San Diego comic-con, which is happening this weekend. And this interview came about as a feature article for den of geeks special SDCC 2019 print magazine. And I basically just said, can we also record it for a podcast? (laughs) Has that worked out well? And just so you know, our own Katie Burt will be covering all things Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. during the con and should have some video reports to share on the site soon, interviewing other members of the cast. So this should be the first of many that that Den of Geek will share.
2: Yeah. I can't wait to see who appears for the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel.
1: Yeah. I think they've got the whole gamut of, of people showing up. Okay. But not that Clark Gregg needs any intro, but let's go ahead and introduce our interview with him. When Clark Gregg appeared in The Avengers as Philip J. Colson, Marvel probably didn't realize how much the fans would bond with this Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., especially once he was <laughs> stabbed with Loki's spear and his death spurred The Avengers to action. But as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came to ABC and Colson took over Fury's job as director, he's really created an identity for himself Which is ironic considering in season six of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Clark Gregg plays a whole new character, Sarge, whose mission of revenge is kind of as mysterious as why he looks exactly like Coulson. And that's especially true, Dave, after the events of the most recent episode, for those of you who have seen uh, Friday night's episode as this podcast is released.
2: Yeah, I mean, talk about cliffhangers. (laughs) At first, I assumed it was... One thing. And then after talking to you, I was like, oh, you're right. There could be this other angle to it.
1: Right. So I was a little worried that they would blow our interview since the interview was recorded quite a while ago. And I thought, well, maybe it's not going to be relevant anymore. But I think you'll find this interview still holds up pretty well as Clark Gregg talks about his transition to Sarge from Phil Coulson because of the fact that he's able to tell us a little bit about when he found out, when he knew that Coulson was on the outs and all the reaction that took place behind the scenes. So please enjoy this interview with Clark Gregg. All right. We're here with none other than Clark Gregg, who has played the beloved agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Philip J. Coulson, for many years now. But it's time to switch gears and play a different character named Sarge. Welcome to the podcast, Clark Gregg. We're excited to be talking to you today. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule.
2: My pleasure. Now, you know, as, as Michael alluded, we don't often see an actor switch characters mid-series, but transition to Sarge has been pretty seamless, and never say never, but was it difficult to let go of Phil Coulson?
0: Um, you know, we learned on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. some time ago <laughs> that everything's on the table at all times, <laughs> and our nimble writers kind of scour these characters and the greater Marvel Universe for going on seven seasons worth of stories to tell and yet I don't think I was prepared to basically shed everything but the guy's skin to play a very different, much darker character whose name is apparently Sarge. (laughs)
1: <laughs> now, how far back did you know that Coulson was on a fatal course? I mean, did you know what the bargain was that Phil made with Ghost Rider even back in season four? Tell us about that conversation with the showrunners and when it happened.
0: Um, you know, it's funny. I hadn't thought about that, but it was kind of excitedly told to me because I know I I kind of love that stuff. It's, I was going to actually wear the flaming skull, and uh, and yet I As we got to, as so often we're moving so fast and telling so many stories at once, you know, kind of prepping one episode, shooting another. Sometimes I'm directing one of them. It wasn't until I got there that day and started to get fitted for the kind of gear that would set up the Flaming Skull transition that I said, you know, it occurs to me there are implications to the mortality of anyone who plays Ghost Rider. And they were like, yes, there are. (laughs) Uh, I said, oh, okay, so maybe we should talk about that. And they really didn't, and I'm glad they didn't, but I was talking to Jeff Bell and Jet Whedon and kind of off behind some flats while they got ready to light the scene. They really didn't give me much. They said, you know, you're, because there was a scene where I'm saying where Gabe Luna's, Robbie Reyes' character is saying, do you understand the deal you just made? And more importantly, does your team? And I say, yes, I understand the deal I just made and I'd appreciate it if you'd let me share this information when I choose. And it just felt heavy. And I thought, okay, this is going to have longer reaching implications. And it wasn't until the disease that was tearing through him, the, the waste and the necro- necropathy and uh, that they really said, yeah, this is, this is the, this is the deal this is your deal with Ghostwriters coming due. And that's, you know, to do that, to save the team from the super powerful Ida, he basically burned through whatever was left of the revivifying uh, Tahiti stuff. And uh, and now he was going to, Phil Coulson, per se, was really going to die. And uh, I thought that was a bold choice. They don't mess around. They take bold choices. It was a little startling after... You know, at that point, 10 years of, of playing the guy and having died already once and the grim stuff I went through season one and realizing how I'd been brought back. And and yet Phil Colson's always been a little uncomfortable with having felt like, I don't know, like he was on somebody else's library card being here or something. And uh, so it was an ambivalent feeling. And then, you know, they said, we will have you back for season six. But you, you know, and then they pitched this Sarge set up essentially in a very rough pencil sketch kind of form that he would be somebody else from somewhere else who was as surprised as they were when they were recognizing him.
2: Right. Now you use the word rough, uh, you know, in relation to Sarge, and and certainly we learned Sarge is a DNA match for Coulson, which obviously opens up a lot of possibilities. But as an actor, what's been the most challenging aspect of portraying this man in black, uh, and also what's been fun about it?
0: So it's there's years of gradual evolution of that season five iteration of Phil Coulson, you know, from through the various movies. And then, uh, you know, five seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all those adventures and that family that he evolves. And so that was a real gradual settling into that skin and character. And suddenly all those bets were off. And so it was about not knowing this guy, this new person, Um, he has a completely different story and I didn't know it. And at a certain point it starts to become clear that he has real gaps in his memory and understanding of that character. So that became, that's very hard to make sense of emotional entanglements, uh, a moral compass, all of that was gone. And this guy was delightfully free of anything but a rabid, fierce dedication to taking on these creatures that we've started to meet who seem to be paving the way for some kind of creator to come after, to come down. And he seems maniacally bent on destroying them and whoever the creator is.
1: Well, so let's uh, put Sarge aside for a minute and talk about Clark Gregg, because you directed an episode in season five and, of course, the opening episode of season six, which worked out well in that episode since you didn't show up until the final moments. Yeah. Uh, does having been the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. translate well into being a director of S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> and did you have sort of a furious toolbox from regular directors like Kevin Tancher and Jesse Bochco?
0: You know, before I directed that first episode, because I'd never really done an episode of television with commercials, I'd directed a couple of features. Um, uh, I sat down with, with those two, spoke to those two, and also with uh, Billy Gearhart, who had directed a number of episodes of our show. And they were really the, had done the most compelling episodes for the most part. And I uh, just kind of soaked them for their tips also. But, you know, Jed had directed a great episode and 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 he and marissa the the bosses the showrunners were really generous in terms of giving me the time and the resources i needed and our producer gary brown i've gotten to watch him direct a lot of the action stuff and he was they were all super supportive they really made it easy and you as i said you're moving so fast it's really about trying to find a way to tell the story in the style of our show and find what's different about that episode that you're doing and really do it justice. I'd be remiss in not pointing out that when they gave me the shot to do the premiere episode of season six, that was a huge episode with a lot of visual effects, establishing a whole new chapter and to some extent a world for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that was more space sci-fi than we had dealt with. And Mark Kolpak, our visual effects uh, genius, really came through on that. So uh I
2: guess getting back to Sarge for a, a second because we you know, but but feel free to reveal anything you you want about the <laughs> upcoming season. But yeah, one of the things I've noticed about Sarge is that he has kind of the same understated leadership qualities as Colson. Do you think Colson would appreciate Sarge and how he leads his team?
0: Um No, I don't think so. I think I think uh, I think standard issue Phil Colson would find sarge's methods and the way that he is maybe using some of the same quiet notes but really ruling through fear to be antithetical to his leadership style yeah that would have been a great death match (laughs) that would have been a really great death match sarge versus colson uh i I have to say I, i my money would probably be on sarge um i think by now we've started to see that sarge doesn't Sarge, Sarge thinks that this is just a mild, strange piece of information that people seem to recognize him. But as they seem to know to say things that trigger memories and send weird vibrations through his being and expose how many gaps there are in his own understanding of who he is, he starts to, in a way that's eerily reminiscent of Phil Coulson season one, to be on a little bit of a mystery mission himself to find out why this is happening. And at a certain point, that puts him in an uncomfortable alliance of sorts with S.H.I.E.L.D., and that's, I think, when we start to roll into when a season six gets really dangerous and interesting.
1: Now, coming up, we have uh, Sarge trying to win May to his cause, and everyone starts to realize that they have a common enemy, perhaps. So is there a lot that Sarge could learn from an organization like S.H.I.E.L.D. in terms of the ends not always justifying the means?
0: Perhaps. perhaps I feel like Sarge thinks that there's a lot that shield could learn from him, especially when it comes to the truly monumental threat that's presented by these shrike and the creatures that they take over these kind of zombie warriors It's that oh my gosh like there's that real I think it's a wasp there's a couple of species of insects that are able to drop spores into their prey that take over their brainstem and basically have these zombie mutant prey building a nest for the offspring of those wasps and and then basically becoming their food. That's the level of what these creatures are doing. And I think, uh, I think Sarge has a tough mission ahead of him to try to make the the nature of this threat be understood by the uh, may and the rest of shield.
2: Now, one of the things that new director Mac has to deal with is deke and his appropriation of shield technology his little startup company and certainly we've seen max reverence for colson as a mentor even if it wasn't necessarily conscious but how would colson deal with deke at this point
0: i mean it's hard that deke he really he's a creature of his upbringing as to a certain extent we all are. And you know, he was raised like a pack rat with nothing in the future fighting for survival. And I think he has some trust issues. So I think Colson would have a level of compassion for Deke the way that uh, Mac does. But I also, I don't think he would put up with this grand scale shield technology theft, especially in terms of presenting that technology to the world outside of classified
2: settings. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe the artificial hand with a shield was going (laughs) a little
1: too far. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right? Right? That was mine.
1: So, you know, following up on Dave's question about Deke, what other character arcs besides your own are you particularly fond of that you feel fans will really respond to in season six and perhaps even as far as season seven?
0: Um, I think that everybody who cares about Fitzsimmons (laughs) and like (laughs) me had a lot of problems with keeping all the water out of his, my eyes when they got married really wants to see those two once again, find their way back to each other. I I think that there's a lot of fun coming in terms of Melinda May, who just seems far from nostalgic about the person, (laughs) the appearance of this Colson person, uh, That's true. (laughs) If anything, she really seems that it's just triggered some murderous feelings. So I think the showdown between these two is going to get down and dirty before it gets nice at all. Uh, That's going to be exciting. And I, I think the reunion of this person who looks like Coulson but really isn't with the S.H.I.E.L.D. team to confront just the most out there, terrifying threat that I think we've ever seen. Uh, And that's saying something at this point in season six. Uh, I think that's going to really pay off like something we've never seen before.
1: All right. Can't wait. Uh, Thank you so much, Clark, for talking to us today about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season six. We look forward to seeing the rest of the season.
0: Thanks, guys. We're big, Den of geek fans over on the uh, Zephyr One.
1: All right. Cool. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. All right. What a great interview that was. I'm so glad he was willing to speculate on colson's opinions of what he might think of sarge what he might think of deke and all the other uh aspects of season six and i'm hoping he's having lots of fun in san diego right now <laughs>
2: yeah and look he's a veteran actor we always anticipate oh maybe we'll get a little nugget that we're not supposed <laughs> to
1: get but nah Yeah, Well, actually, at the time we interviewed him, there was a couple scoops in there that I was able to get into the article that showed up on the website. But hopefully those of you who are fans of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. still just enjoyed the visit with Clark Gregg, because we certainly did. So next week, Dave, we've got a new topic that hopefully a bunch of listeners maybe have already binged all the way through, and that's Stranger Things. And I'm really looking forward to this discussion, because, of course, this is a very... Popular topic out there.
2: I believe I just read it's the most binged show currently on Netflix.
1: And I forget the show that it put into the number two spot, but this is not unexpected for sure. (laughs) That's right. And so for those of you who have watched Stranger Things, we are going to keep to our pattern of just discussing the first two up front. And then in our spoiler zone, we'll share some overall impressions of the series. Uh, But that's going to be happening next Sunday. But that's going to be it for this interview edition of Sci-Fi Fidelity. Keep the discussion going on social media. You can follow Den of Geek on Twitter and Facebook at Den of Geek US. And we are at Sci-Fi Fidelity.
2: In the meantime, we'd love it if you could rate and review the podcast wherever you access it. Be sure to send us your suggestions for future topics on social media or via email, sci-fi fidelity at gmail.com.
1: Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.